Hello and good Sunday and welcome to the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast. Interesting things happened today. Number one, the Pittsburgh Pirates avoided 100 losses. They got some clutch hits, including a three-run home run by Ben Gamble. And I have talked about this from time to time, and I think I differ from most of the guys out there. Um, I think most of the people that follow the Pirates want them to win with mostly prospects, you know? And it's a really difficult thing to do because they're not going to go out and sign veteran free agents, like decent free agents. So, I mean, this is something that I feel differently on with a lot of people out there. And what it is is that I would keep both Ben Gamble and Kevin Newman. And uh, here's why. And the argument I get is that these guys are average to below average players. Why would you pay to keep them? And I think that's a good question. But then when you think about, you know, an average to below average player is pretty good for this team. When you think about some of the guys that we played this year, Diego Castillo with an OPS of 550. Um, let's see, who are these, some of these other guys? Sawinski with an OPS of about um, 670. Um, these guys have OPSs of less than um, Ben Gamble and Kevin Newman. And Ben Gamble and Kevin Newman, I think, offer something that those guys don't offer, which is uh, maybe it's not upside, but remember there's a lot of downside with rookies as well. Um, it's the veteran presence and the ability to be on this team for multiple years and establish a little bit of consistency um, in the clubhouse. Because if you have a clubhouse that's turning over almost everybody year after year after year, um, it's impossible to really get better. You know, I mean, those aren't the kind of teams that usually get better. You have to have some guys, in the case of Gamble, who will have been with um, the Brewers and the Pirates. Um, so he's played on different teams. He has 2,000 at-bats in his career. And or something coming up to that, you know. And, you know, he can kind of help players along with different things, hitting, pitching, you know, just how to be a major leaguer, stuff like that. And Kevin Newman, sort of the same thing. I mean, he's had a lot of ups and downs, if you think about it, but he's spent his whole career with the Pittsburgh Pirates. In fact, a lot of people hated him this year. I'm talking a lot of people hated him this year, and this is why there's still a lot of anger towards Kevin Newman, because he had a bad year last year, and then people thought that he was blocking O'Neill Cruz, which made him public enemy number one among Pittsburgh Pirates fans. And I get that, but look at the way he handled it. He had a bounce back year. He has about the same OPS as Ben Gamble, right around 700, which is league average. And, um, you know, he plays a good defense, but he's a guy that could say, you know, hey, I've been through a lot of ups and downs here, you know, and, you know, this is how I handled it. This is how I got better. And I also think that you have to remember that Kevin Newman was a former first-round draft pick who's just coming into his own. And do you really want to see him go to another team and do well? One thing he did pretty good this year is he hit a lot of doubles, you know. And uh, same thing with Ben Gamble, you know, hit a lot of doubles. And uh, Gamble had eh, nine home runs, nothing spectacular for sure, you know. He had some great plays in the outfield, but he's also a below-average defender as a corner outfielder. 
And I would probably prefer to only play Ben Gamble like four days a week. But I would still rather have Ben Gamble than get rid of him. Because if you're looking at an outfield next year of, I don't even know what you're looking at the outfield next year. Because I don't know where they're going to play this guy that they picked up from the Yankees, Andujar. But um, I can only think of one outfielder who is decent who's going to be coming back on this team, and that's Brian Reynolds. And I would think he's coming back because if you trade him, then you have zero good outfielders coming back. I mean, you have Jack Sawinski, who started off great and then hit a wall and has just not been good enough over the past month and a half of the season. You know, So I think I said this on prior podcasts, that it would be awfully risky to just pencil him in as a corner outfielder on your team next year. You know, I mean, he could very well just completely collapse and bat like 140. And then what are you going to do, you know? I mean, who do you really have to back him up if you don't re-sign someone like Ben Gamble? You already let Chavis go. Um, You can't play Diego Castillo in the outfield, you know? I mean, Diego Castillo really hasn't hit enough to even be considered an infielder let alone an outfielder, you know? Same thing with Marcano. He's an infielder. Can't play him out there because we know he doesn't hit enough, you know? So, I mean, I would just rather have a couple of guys on the team that have at least 1,000 career at-bats. I don't even think that um, Hayes has 1,000 career at-bats yet. He's getting close, probably. Um, And maybe he does, but it's awfully close, you know? Um, The only veteran hitter you would have on your team um, other than Key Brian Hayes, who has struggled mightily, is um, is Brian Reynolds, you know, and there's always talk about trading Brian Reynolds. And imagine if you had a whole team without any of those guys, you know, like imagine if you deal Reynolds and you just don't have any veterans on the team because you didn't re-sign Kevin Newman and Ben Gamble. I mean, that could be a bad thing. I know that they're going to probably sign They're probably going to wait until everyone's signed, like all the meat is picked off the bones, and then just sign whoever's left, which is what they did last year. And they got really lucky because Quintana, for a guy making two million bucks, rarely do you get someone that pitches that well, you know? And they got really lucky the year before with Anderson, you know, but they let both of those guys go already, and they really didn't get much back in the trades, you know? I mean, we know that most of the production has to come from young players, But you have to have somebody to show them the way. You know, you have to have some sort of like veteran presence to show these guys the way, you know. And that's why I think um, I would keep both of those guys, Newman and Gamble. Although I don't think they'll keep either of those guys, Newman and Gamble, um, just because they're going to cost money, you know. Um, They're probably going to keep that guy who I mentioned, Andujar, from the Yankees at least until the trade deadline, and try to flip him, you know. Uh, But, man, the outfield next year really is sparse, you know. I mean, there's just going to be guys that aren't ready, you know. I mean, they're probably going to throw Sawinski out there. He's not going to hit enough, I don't think, to be a major league outfielder. Certainly not an everyday outfielder. You know, he's more like um, a good defensive outfielder that you play once in a while, probably the same as Sawinski. You know, and probably the same as Gamble. We have a lot of these guys that are not everyday players. But I think the closest out of those guys to an everyday player would be Gamble. And then you also have um, just a lot of bad options, right? Cal Mitchell, 
he hits a little bit, but are you going to go into next year with him as one of your corner outfielders? I mean, that's another risky gamble. They might very well do it, you know, and that's why they might very well be heading for another 100 losses. I mean, towards the back end of next year, I mean, those are all the names that I can even think of that come to mind, and none of them are very good. Um, towards the back end of next year, Matt Gorski might be ready, you know, and he might be one of your corner outfielders. But I would prefer to have um, Gorski, Gamel, and Reynolds in there. I would feel a lot better than that, than a chance of having two or three, you know, first or second year players in your outfield. And that's the same thing as um, uh, with Kevin Newman. I mean, he's an insurance policy, right? Um, if, um, if what we're seeing from Rodolfo Castro, which is two out of his last 16, you know, and striking out most of those at bats, um, you know, if pitchers have figured him out, you know, and he comes in the next year and doesn't hit, you need a little bit of an insurance policy in the middle infield if you don't want a complete train wreck like we've had at points this year you know, defensively. I mean, we have no first baseman as it is. And the third baseman's hurt a lot, you know, so you might have to play Rodolfo Castro at third base once in a while. So, I mean, I just don't see, like, getting rid of guys you don't have to, you know? I mean, it's not going to cost you a lot of money to re-sign those two guys, and you're probably not going to go out and get anybody better, you know? So if you don't bring those guys back, you're talking about a step backwards for an offense that was the lowest-scoring offense in the National League, you know? And the team that just finished ahead of the Pirates offensively, um, actually, that's another thing to talk about today. That I, You guys might not even have noticed, but the um, the Marlins eliminated the Milwaukee Brewers from playoff competition, which is a huge, um, it's a huge thing for the NL Central because the Brewers are going to have to do a long, hard thinking. From what I understand, the Brewers' general manager is um, very well respected. Um, But he was not expected to stay too much longer in Milwaukee. He was going to try to make a run, and then he was going to try to get some other sort of position in Major League Baseball. I can't remember the guy's name, but if you look him up, he's a very well, highly respected guy that actually has sights set higher than being just the general manager of the Milwaukee Brewers. So it could be the last year for that guy. Actually, that's what they have to decide. Are they going to make one more run or are they going to just tear it down? And I would think it's more than 50% that the Milwaukee Brewers are just going to tear it down. Um, It's starting to get expensive. You know, there's guys that they can get rid of um, and cut some payroll. They don't have a bad minor league system. In fact, some places have them ranked ahead of the Pirates with a minor league system. Uh, They signed 45 um, international players last year which is more than any other team. So, I mean, they have been thinking about the future anyway, and they might just want to trade some of these high-end pitchers, you know, because it just hasn't worked. You know, they haven't put enough hitting together, even though, you know, they've had some really good pitchers. And what happened this year, I think, is that these aces or these, you know, top three pitchers for the Brewers just started to wear down towards the end of the year. We're only two years removed from the pandemic, you know, and these guys just did not produce as well towards the end of the year as they did to the beginning of the year. Just look it up, you know. I mean, um, the Pirates even won a few games from the Milwaukee Brewers and hit these guys around a little bit. And you're talking about the worst lineup in the National League. And the Brewers, 
with a chance to um, make the playoffs because the fledgling Phillies had lost a ton of games at the end of the year. Couldn't even beat the Miami Marlins at home, you know. And that they're definitely going to think about this, you know. That's something they're going to have to think about is that, man, are we really that close, you know. We couldn't even get the third wild card. And I think when it's all said and done, they're probably going to decide to just tear this team down, you know. I mean, make some trades. See what they can get for some of these high-end pitchers, you know. See what kind of prospects they can get back. And then they'll sort of be back in um, the same position as the Reds and the Pirates, you know. Um, So I think what that's going to do is the Chicago Cubs have won 11 out of their last 12 games and by a lot, you know. And the Cubs pitchers have really started to mature and pitch better. So I think that the Cubs will solidly finish in second place next year. Um, I don't think they'll challenge the Cardinals necessarily because the Cardinals are going to get some of their pitchers back healthy. Um, but I think that the Cubs will be um, right on the cusp, if not making a wild card next year. It's going to be a pretty thin year for the NL Central. You know, I think the Pirates are still going to be bad. I think the Reds are still going to be bad. And then I think the Brewers are going to be bad. So if you think about it, that's a lot of bad teams. And just based on that, the Pirates should be able to avoid 100 losses next year, you know. Um, but the thing that gives me caution about that is what's one thing that I talked about a few times here down the road is that the Pirates have only won about 35% of their games in the last two-thirds of this year. So they started out playing, you know, just below 500 ball. And then, you know, the shit hit the fan, you know. The bullpen started to pitch worse. Um, They just found ways to lose, frankly, you know. Their starting pitchers weren't as good. Even today, Rowanzi Contreras wasn't as good as he has been, you know. Like he gave up um, two earned runs in only three innings. And he threw a lot of pitches in those innings. And um, a couple of the runs were unearned because Ben Gamble was playing out of position at first base, you know, because of things like that. Um, But whatever the reason, you know, um, it's not looking great for um, the division next year. I don't see any of those teams making a step forward. You know, the Brewers are taking a step back probably either way. Unless they just go crazy, go for it, and sign a Max Scherzer type or someone like that. I don't know if they have that kind of money, you know. Like the Mets were playing with a lot of money to do that. And the Mets don't look like they're going to win their division. It looks like the Braves are going to do it again, you know. The Braves are, you know, the best team out there as far as they have a lot of homegrown guys that they signed and kept. And those guys are really starting to do well. I mean, last year they um, they lost Acuna Jr. and they won the World Series. This year they lost Albies. And they're still beating everybody, you know. It's because they have just a lot of good players, you know. They have a great relief core. They have some good starting pitchers. And they hit. And they hit for power. And they hit consistently, you know. So um, the Braves are very good, you know, heading into the playoffs this year. I still have the Cardinals as somewhat of a dark horse. Probably only because I I got like plus 1,700 at um, Rivers Casino on the Cardinals about a month and a half ago when they were beating up on the Pirates. I said, I'm going to take a flyer on these guys um, to win the National League. Now, it's a long shot. You know, the Cardinals would at first have to beat the um, the Braves in the playoffs. 
And then the Cardinals would have to beat the Dodgers in the playoffs. And the Dodgers are going to end up with like 112 wins this year. So that is a lot harder than you think, you know. I mean, the Dodgers haven't won any World Series other than the pandemic year, you know. So, I mean, they do tend to lose even though they have really deep, really solid teams. Um, but, yeah, that's that's a lot to ask, you know. And I'm probably only liking the Cardinals in the playoffs because of that, you know. But, I mean, I guess they will have some sort of swagger in the playoffs um, because I imagine that Pujols is going to make the roster, right? And they still have, you know, Arenado and um, Goldie. So they still have as good a 3-4 hitting combination as anybody. Um, but you know what? The pitching has not held up that well. And I'm not so sure that the number, the one, two, and three pitchers on the Cardinals are going to stand up with some of these other teams, you know, um, in the playoffs. So I would like to see the Cardinals win the National League only because I put money on them, <laughs> you know, and it was all, it was like 10 bucks to win like 150 or something like that. Something crazy, you know, because like I said, it was like plus 1700. I'm not sure how that works out, but I remember it was something like that, you know. And in the American League, um, yeah, the Yankees have been okay. I really don't see the Yankees winning this thing. Houston is probably the favorite in the American League. And then, you know, other than that, are you really excited to watch the American League playoffs? You know, I mean, there's nobody that really excites me in the American League this year, unless the Cleveland Indians can go on a run or unless the Seattle Mariners can go on a run because those are a couple of young teams that um, the Mariners haven't been in the playoffs for 21 years and they just clinched. You know, and I don't know if you've been paying attention to that either because a lot of people are watching the Steelers and stuff. That's an interesting fact. The Guardians despite having one of the lowest payrolls over the last decade, have one of the best records over the last decade. And they just took it to the Chicago White Sox this year, you know, with a bunch of young guys, you know. I mean, they re-signed, like, one of their guys, um, uh, Jose, whatnot. I don't know what his name is, but um, Ramirez. It might be Jose Ramirez. I don't follow that closely to the American League, but I know that guy is extremely good, right? But they had just enough good players, you know, to win that Central. And it would be nice to see them win a playoff series, you know. Because for years and years and years, the um, the Twins would win the Central and then just lose to the Yankees, you know. It'd be nice to see the Guardians come out and win a playoff series. I just think so, you know. Just for the fact that they're a small market Midwest team similar to the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know. So, I mean, that's the playoffs. Um, There's not really a heck of a lot to go on with the Pirates, you know. I mean, you could definitely say that O'Neill Cruz has finished the year strong, you know. I can definitely say that there's question marks with Rodolfo Castro as far as finishing the year weak. Same thing with um, Sawinski, you know. And same thing with just huge question marks with guys like Marcano and Diego Castillo. Like, I just don't think those guys hit enough to be major league hitters. So, I mean, they're likely not bringing Gamble and Newman back because those guys are going to cost money, you know? So I think I see a lot of struggling next year as far as scoring runs. And whether that gets better when guys come up or not, you never know, right? I mean, you could see um, Nick Gonzalez come up and not really improve the team that much. 
you could see Matt Gorski come up and not necessarily improve the team that much, you know, because you're talking about minor league players coming into the majors, and some of them have hit really well, like Cal Mitchell, and he's still been like a 220, a light 220 hitter. I'm talking about like a 570 OPS, you know, and that's why it's good to have veteran players that are league average, because even though Newman and Gamble only have 700 OPS, um, Cal Mitchell has like a 570, you know, and Bly Madris was way below that, you know, and all of these rookies are below that, you know, Diego Castillo, all of these guys, you know, take it for a grain of salt, whatever it's worth, you know, and then I always talk about the rotation. I don't think it's very deep, to be honest with you. I mean, you're going to open with Keller. You're going to go second with Rowanza Contreras. I, it looks to me like um, Brubaker's pretty healthy. So I think he's going to be your number three guy. And then, like I said, you know, what are you going to count on? Luis Castillo? Are you going to count on Bryce Wilson? Are you going to count on Oviedo? Like, none of these other guys you can really count on, you know? And Michael Burrows and Quinn Priester both struggled to end the year. Um, so I don't know that I have enough signs showing that those guys are going to be good enough to come up and start on a major league team. So I think we're definitely not going to be winning a lot of games next year. But I am interested to see what they do in the offseason with those two guys that I mentioned and also with um, you know guys that are in arbitration. Um, let's see who they let go or at least expose to the Rule 5 draft. And let's see who they claim in the Rule 5 draft. So the winter meeting should be fun this year, you know, because we're not in a lockout. We're going to get a Rule 5 draft. We're going to get a lottery to see where the Pirates draft. A lot of fun stuff, you know. So stay tuned. Hang in with me and peace out.